Welcome to Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire, a pro wrestling podcast brought to you by DMV Wrestling at DMVProWrestling.com. Be sure to visit the site every day for the latest pro wrestling news. Thank you for joining us. Hi, I'm Jeff Quentin. I'm your host. Our guest today on Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire is Spencer Slade. He's a native of Pennsylvania and played college football at Shaw University and received an MBA from California University of Pennsylvania. I want to thank Mid-Atlantic Territory Wrestling for arranging this interview. Spencer wrestles for them and will be on the card for Wrestling at the J in Fairfax, Virginia on October 28th. Stay tuned to the DMV Wrestling website for more on that show. Spencer Slade wrestles for several companies and is currently one half of the MCW Tag Team Champions along with Mushmaster Tim Spriggs. How are you doing, Spencer? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to have you. So I'm going to start off with some icebreaker questions that I usually ask all the guests before I move on to the rest of the questions. What's your favorite food? My favorite food is actually going to be something that's probably going to be boring to most of your listeners. They're probably expecting a burger or pizza, but me, I love nothing more than a grilled chicken. Uh, as you can see why, because uh, I look the way that I do, but my uh, favorite food would be some grilled chicken. That makes sense to me because I've seen the shape you've in, you're in and I've seen you wrestle. So. <laughs> and what's your favorite thing to drink? Favorite thing to drink is actually, uh, what I'm drinking right now, coffee. Um, coffee is pretty much my go-to thing, just getting that caffeine in to uh, stay ready. So, uh, coffee would be my favorite. Keurig, French press, old school coffee, or how do you do it? I am uh, an, actually an old school guy. I'm all black, straight black coffee. That's me. That's me when I drink coffee. I drink Death Wish coffee when I drink coffee and it's straight black. Actually, I actually have Death Wish coffee. I, I I'll do that too. That's a that's a great uh, that's a great brand of coffee. I highly suggest coffee lovers out there get that a try if you want something strong. I worked night shift for the last five years before my current job, so that was what I drank at work. And that's probably the best choice that you can uh, uh, you can make. What's your favorite band or musician? Band or musician? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I would have to say probably you know. My uh, my favorite musician is probably going to be you know what what I listen to a lot and believe it or not I'm actually more of like an R and B kind of guy so I would say anything like a uh, like an Usher would probably be one of my favorite the Black Eyed Peas I like them as a band uh, those are probably going to be you know uh, my two right there those are two good ones and what's the last book you read last book I read was actually um. I finished it actually about a week ago. It was uh, the it was uh, the book that uh, Rip Rogers uh, wrote um, about uh, being a heel and being a babyface. I think it's can't remember what the title is, but uh, it's it's a book that uh, Rip uh, Rip Rogers uh, uh, wrote about pro wrestling. It's like a bestseller. That's the book that I actually read recently. I've heard of that one, and I want to read it. It's on my list right now. I just started the new Hornbaker book on Ric Flair. I've heard about that one. I want to. Uh, I want to eventually read that one. But um, yeah, it's been the Rip Rogers one, and then I read the uh, the Doctor Tom Pritchard book that he wrote the entire curriculum uh, for FCW. That was the other one that I had I read recently too. That sounds interesting. Um, the last wrestling book I read bef- read in total was the Todd Gordon book about ECW. Oh man, I bet that was great. It was great. It really spilled some tea. That's awesome. I know you have a 
prep and amateur athletic background. Could you talk to me about that? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's part of my story. So what's funny is, you know, obviously I wear the headgear because, you know, I've obviously done wrestling when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I wear the hearing aids. So I, and it goes with my look, too. Uh, but it's funny is people that have never seen me before, they automatically think that I was like an all-American collegiate wrestler. Whereas, in all reality, I was actually an All-American football player. So I always try to explain that to people. Um, and, 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 it, and it makes sense because not only do I look like, it, look like an amateur wrestler, but I actually wrestle like an amateur wrestler because I've obviously had experience with it. It's just that football was the sport that I played in college and, and a little bit past that, um, you know, in, in the CFL. So... I've played athletics my entire life. Every single sport that's out there I've done, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, tennis, swimming, you name it, I've done. Um, and then as I got into high school, I, I kind of dialed it down just to football going into you know my junior, senior year because football was obviously my favorite sport and, and, and the one that I loved the most, football and pro wrestling. Um, went to Shell University where I did well, um, and then I, after that, I had the opportunity to try out for a couple of, like, uh, CFL football teams, um, you know, uh, thank God that I, you know, didn't make it because that allowed me to finally pursue wrestling, which was my first, you know, first passion. You know, I started training to be a wrestler as soon as I hung up the cleats, and, uh, then, and, 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 and that's pretty much my, uh, my, uh, uh athletic background. That answers actually three or four questions I had, so that's good. I, yeah, I, I, I sometimes, you know, give multiple answers at one, but in all honesty, that's really what I did. I played all the sports that I could as a kid. I also did a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of jiu-jitsu a little bit earlier when I was uh, younger, and then I kind of morphed into boxing more uh, as I got older, and I still I still train boxing to this day. Um, you can kind of see it in my work a little bit, but uh, uh, those would be kind of the other two combat sports I've done. So I try to be... I try to be the most all-around athlete that I could be because it only helps you in the ring. What wrestlers influenced you the most when you were looking at becoming involved in pro wrestling? Uh, two people, in, in, uh, Kurt Angle and uh, Randy Orton. Um, those were my top two guys. Um, I idolized Randy Orton as a kid. I thought he was the coolest guy to ever walk the face of the earth. And you know, I started watching wrestling about 2003, so it was Kurt Angle at first. Uh, and then kind of towards, you know, the mid to late 2000s, it it, uh, um, it became Randy Orton, uh, just because Kurt obviously went over to TNA. Uh, but Kurt Angle and Randy Orton, man, those are, my, those, are, those are my two favorite guys right there. What current wrestlers have you enjoyed working with the most? Yeah, I would say uh, uh, there's there's um, there's actually three guys right uh, right now that I had absolute uh, that I really enjoyed wrestling. Um, number one on my list is going to be a guy named Big Time Bill Collier, who I think is the absolute best wrestler on the independents uh, to never uh, get a contract. Second, I would put my old uh, my old arch nemesis uh, Cole Carter, uh, who's an AEW. That would be the second one, and then a guy that I just wrestled recently, uh, Flip Gordon. That would be a third guy so those i would say would be the three guys that i enjoyed the most what is your most embarrassing moment in wrestling i would say most um, most embarrassing moment was probably going to be when um obviously um obviously as a heel i <laughs> um i was actually trying to be too much of a uh, cocky you know, at first, as I as I was a heel, I was trying to act like a um, 
act like a flippy guy just because I was trying to, you know, berate flippy guys and I went up to the top rope and actually, not on purpose, but I actually slipped off the top rope uh, because I am not a top rope guy and the fans, uh, I'm, I'm sure the people were there could tell you that they were probably laughing their asses off at me because I went up to the top rope and literally fell off as I jumped off. But I think it added to the match. It added to the story of the match that a technical guy is going up at a top rope to do something because he has he got a little bit too cocky, and that ended up costing me the match. So I would say that my most embarrassing moment was almost a blessing in disguise because it, it told me that not only do I have no business going up at a top rope, but I am not a flippy guy. So hope that answers your question. The hardest I laughed at somebody going on the top rope that probably shouldn't have been was a manager in the match that was they were involved in, even though he wrestled some too, was when Hellfire McGuire went up on the top rope to try to interfere in a match. <laughs> I'm sure it, it, it didn't work out in his favor, but, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where you kind of would expect that to happen if you were a fan. Right. I mean, it was basically the way it, anybody would have probably written it. <laughs> that's but uh, that's how it happened to me. What's the hardest bump you've ever taken? As you can see, the way that I look and the way that I wrestle, um, I'm trying to do this for as long as I can. So, I uh, my style and the way that I wrestle is a very, very, very smart. Um, and I limit and make sure that I don't do anything uh, that's gonna anything I'm gonna get hurt in the ring or I'm gonna uh, take a take a bump that's gonna, you know, kill my body, anything like that. I'm very, very cautious of my surroundings and the way that I wrestle. Um, I did take a, uh, I did take a spear from a, um, from a big time Bill Collier, uh, a match last year on the apron where he speared me and I took a bump kind of on the apron. Um, it, it, it didn't look, it didn't look too vicious, but I kind of bumped to where Part of my like upper back, I could kind of hit like the wood, the uh, you know, on the ring, which is there's probably like a little centimeter part of the wood that doesn't have the mat on top of it, just because it it sits on the end. And I could I didn't cut, but I I felt that. So that would be my uh, most uh, one of the worst bumps I've taken. Luckily, it wasn't it wasn't off of a uh, off of a truck through a flaming table or, or or in these any videos you see of these crazy guys doing these crazy bumps like that mine was just more of a uh you know um game of a uh, game of inches i was just a little bit unlucky on on the bump that i took i've seen some pretty vicious bumps on the apron before and a lot of fans don't realize and when i was in front row at an, an event at monster factory and the seats are so close to the ring when we were leaving i actually put my hand on the mat and and slapped it a couple of times for my daughter so she could see that it's not a trampoline like so many people think and that there's actually wood under there and that is the hardest part of the ring too so i mean it's pretty much falling on your butt on the sidewalk i mean there's uh, there's no way to uh I'll get past it could you tell me what your proudest moment in pro wrestling is I don't really look at like accolades or big matches as proud moments. I look more as, you know, uh, being blessed by having great parents. My parents come to every single show. I would say really my my most proud moment is just, it, it happens pretty frequently. It's when my parents come to a show and I'm out there in the middle of the ring doing my thing. And I can see a smile on their face. To me, that's the most proud thing because... 
I know, and I'm so confident in my physical abilities that I know that I'm going to be the WWE champion one day. I know, I know that I'm going to main event WrestleMania one day. I know that I'm going to win all these big matches on these big shows. But to me, the most proud moment is just, you know, my parents you know, having a good time watching their son live his dream and do what he loves to do. That, that to me, is the most proud thing. And could you talk to me about what you like about Mid-Atlantic Territory Wrestling and their approach and style to pro wrestling? Uh, first of all, I'm so glad that I got to uh, Mid-Atlantic and I got connected uh, through a mutual friend, Doug Grubb, uh, Doug Delicious. And what I love about Mid-Atlantic Wrestling is it's exactly what I want wrestling to be in a showcase. It's an old school, gritty, get down to business wrestling. There's nothing, there's no, it's not overproduced. There's nothing fancy about it. It's just that old school grit wrestling where it's two guys going in the ring and having an athletic contest and going in there and having a wrestling match. I think uh, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling is probably one of, if not the most professional um, independent wrestling promotions I've ever been to in terms of just presentation, the way that it's set up, the ring. It's probably the best ring I've ever seen in my life besides a WWE ring. Um, and that's what I love about Mid-Atlantic Wrestling is. It's, 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 it's tre it's, it treats wrestling seriously like a sport, which is what I'm all about. I agree with a lot of that. I grew up in the 80s watching wrestling, so I'm totally with that as well. And I went to the last Fairfax show, and I actually had Preston Quinn on the podcast before that show. And everything he was saying was just made me want to go to the show even more, even though I already had tickets to it. So I'm going to be, unless things change, change I'm going to be at the show the 28th in Fairfax. So. That's awesome. I'll probably, be, I'll probably see you there, too. I can't wait for that show, too. It seems like it's going to be a big show. Um, sometimes I wish I was born in the 80s, 70s or 80s just to be able to work the territory or just see what that environment was like because I always watch those old tapes, you know, whether it's um, Mid-Atlantic or it's uh, Bill Watts, Mid-South, uh, any of the uh, Crockett stuff or uh, Dallas, anything with like Cornette or any, or any old school stuff like that. You know, I love watching that old wrestling because it doesn't get more real than that. I grew up watching Crockett. Man, there you go. You So you understand, you, you appreciate when wrestling is presented seriously and when it's done right. It's magic. And, and Cornette is my favorite wrestling podcaster, so <laughs> that's another thing. So. I love it. I love it. Could you talk about any other shows you're going to be in coming up soon? Yeah, I have a very, very, very uh, busy schedule. I think the only weekend that I am not booked is going to be Christmas weekend because obviously uh, most people aren't going to run that weekend anyways. Um, so I'm very blessed to be booked every weekend for the rest of the year. Um, actually, tomorrow uh, we have IWC Super Indie, um, which is my home promotion, IWC, where I'm actually the current reigning IWC High Stakes Champion. I'll be in a six-man tag match uh, against uh, my number one rival in wrestling, uh, Big Time Bill Carr, who's also the IWC World Heavyweight Champion. That will be tomorrow. And then next week, um, I'll be defending my MCW Tag Team Championships uh, with my uh, partner in crime, Tim Spriggs, um, for uh, actually uh, for two nights, Friday and Saturday night. Uh, it'll be... Uh, Autumn Armageddon Night 2, uh, which is Friday, October 13th at the uh, R.J. Meyer Arena right there in Joppa, Maryland. 
And then uh, Autumn Armageddon Night 3 the following day will be down in Hollywood, Maryland at the Hollywood Volunteer Fire Hall where uh, we'll be defending our titles again on a second night with um, with uh, the Godfather will be there. Um, and then uh, the 21st of October, that will be uh, Mid-Atlantic uh, Wrestling. I think it's in West Point, Virginia. Um, and then Friday the 27th, I'll be back up in Boston for a Wrestling Federation of America. Uh, Saturday the 28th, I'll be down where where you're going to be at, the show down there at the Jewish place. Uh, and then Sunday the 29th, I'll be at a BPW, uh, Battlefield Pro Wrestling, which is ran by Alpha Jr., um, and that, that's what the rest of my month uh, looks like. Uh, busy, uh, a lot of action, which is, uh, what, which is pretty much the goal of any uh, independent wrestler is, uh, is to stay busy. And I'll see you wrestle next Friday night as well, because I live about 15 minutes from the RJ Meyer Arena. Oh, my gosh. I, I, would highly, I would highly encourage you to come to an MCW show. Um, I'm sure you know MCW has been around for almost over 20 years. It's probably... One of the top, if not the top, current indie promotion out there. Um, it's ran by that guy, Dan McDevitt, who I'm sure everybody in Maryland has heard of MCW. Uh, I, if you're not doing anything on Friday or Saturday night or in the future, I would love, I would highly encourage anybody to come to an MCW show. I'm already going to be there, and I haven't missed a show in a couple of years, actually. Well, there you go. I'm sure you... Uh, I'm sure you and I have probably either made eye contact in the crowd or you've seen me and I probably can't remember if <laughs> I can't remember if I've ever I saw your surprise first appearance. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Well you see you're a uh, you're you're in on the know. You obviously see what's going on, so it's uh and you're going to quality shows. I mean Mid Atlantic and MCW, I don't think it really gets any better than that. I've probably been with different companies to like nineteen or twenty shows this year so far. That's awesome. Yeah, we um, I know MCW is really, really looking at um, finishing this year off strong. I know that the the people that come are going to be in for something special on Friday and next Friday and Saturday night. So, uh, and then we got a couple big shows in uh, November and big shows in December. So it'll be a fun um, it'll be a fun weekend or a fun rest of the year for anybody involved with MCW whether it's a worker or a fan anybody what do you think of you know great wrestlers they they all have one thing that kind of separates themselves from everybody else uh, whereas me I wear the headgear uh, because obviously you know with the headgear on um, you know it, 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 it just it just adds to my look you know I already look great but I feel like with the headgear it just it's that it's not icing on the cake for me. Um, when people, when I had the headgear on, people know that oh shit, you know this is a this is a real athlete. Um, this isn't going to be any kind of hokey or silly things that we've seen in the past. Uh, this is going to be a, a, a guy that you know, a technical guy that can do everything, and that's exactly um, exactly why I wear the headgear and I wear it with pride. I think it's intimidating too when you come out with the way you look and the headgear on too. So it's just fear the gear is is a good slogan to have. Yeah, and, and and I'm a big believer too. And you know, you gotta have, you gotta have. You know, I tell I tell all these young wrestlers coming up, I tell them, you know, you 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 don't have to look like me. You can try, but if 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 if, if you don't look very very good physically, then you have to find. You have to find a way to stand out, you know, and with me, with fear the gear, the headgear, that's kind of my way of, uh, you know, uh, uh, getting my catchphrase, 
Um, but that's really the most important thing in wrestling is everybody remembers moments and catchphrases, whether it's The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, John Cena. Everybody remembers their famous lines and uh, their, 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 uh, uh, their mannerisms. One of the things, and I'll ask you another question to follow up with this, is I'll mention what Preston Quinn said to me in his podcast when I asked him for advice for any younger wrestlers coming up. And his first point of advice was to hit the gym. <laughs> you and I could probably go on, uh, I could go on an hour rant about that. I mean, I, 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 I have the same viewpoints as Jim Cornette does about pro wrestling. I'm the kind of guy that, that's why I don't really that's why I don't really think very highly of many guys in the Indies because I'm just going to speak from personal experience. There's too many guys that on the on the on, on, in pro wrestling right now that look like they got dressed at Dick's Sporting Goods and also look like the guy that should be working at Jiffy Lube. And you tell me if I'm wrong. There's so many guys out there that look that that look like they never went to a gym or they never went to a tanning bed or they don't know what it means to eat healthy. And on top of that, they don't have any professional-looking gear, and they consider consider themselves a professional wrestler. And I take insult with that because I have been in plenty. Trust me when I tell you, I have been in plenty independent wrestling locker rooms where I feel ashamed, embarrassed that I have to be in the same card, or I'm I'm going to be in the same match as somebody else that doesn't take it as seriously as I do and has the audacity to call themselves a professional wrestler. And if I call myself a professional wrestler, that doesn't really that doesn't really mean anything to me when I'm on a show with a bunch of a bunch of fans that want to be you know that that want to be a pro wrestler. And that goes back to what Preston Quinn says: you have you have to you have to look like an athlete. If you can't look like an athlete, you have to find an, a, a way to make yourself stand out. Um, but that's 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 my that's my rant on what Preston Quinn told you. Yeah, I would agree with a lot of that, and I mean, there's too many people who think the look of Spike Dudley and being able to do a bunch of flips is the way to succeed. And I watch, and there's a lot of upcoming guys too, you know, and 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 that'll ask me to watch their match because, and and I try to tell them the reason why my stuff looks so well in the ring is because I don't do anything that Spencer Slade wouldn't do, and what I mean by that is in pro wrestling. Um, I'm not. I'm not really going to go behind the curtain with this, but you probably get it. But in pro wrestling, you control how you look. You can uh, hide your weaknesses and showcase your strengths. So if I know that I'm not a flippy guy or that I can't springboard off the ropes or go up to the top rope, then why would I try in a wrestling match? Nobody's ever going to know that I'm not good at that because I never did it in the first place. And that's my point is... Every indie guy out there, they want to do all of this stuff, but yet the the core things that they lack, having a good look and being able to throw a real believable punch. That right there, in my opinion, is the top two most important things in pro wrestling. Have a look and be able to look like you can whip somebody's ass. That makes a lot of sense. If you could please run down your personal social media account handles for us and anything else you want to promote. Absolutely, yeah. So, obviously, you know... Uh, um, my name is uh, Spencer Slade. Um, I have a couple of different names that people call me. Um, some some people refer to me as the anomaly, the submission specialist, uh, the physical specimen, the show stealer, and 
Um, you can catch me on uh, on 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 X. I don't call it Twitter Twitter anymore. I call it X. You can you can follow me at X uh, at Slade Wrestler. You can follow me on Instagram at Slade Wrestling. You can follow me on Facebook at Spencer Slade. You can check out my YouTube channel, which is Fear the Gear. And am I missing am I missing any other social media there? Um, um, just just some that I mean, I, a few people in wrestling got on threads, but it's pretty much died down to where nobody's on it anymore, from what I've seen. <laughs> no. And uh, you can catch me all over, you know, the uh, all over the uh, uh, the Northeast, whether I'm all the way up there in Boston or New Hampshire for WFA, down here in Pittsburgh for IWC. I'll be out there in Maryland uh, for MCW. I'm out there towards Allentown, Broadheadsville, where BPW Battlefield Pro Wrestling is at. I'm all throughout Maryland and Virginia and North Carolina for Mid-Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Um, so I have a, a, a good routine of about four to five to six different promotions I'm on regularly, uh, two of which I have their championship titles. And um, I'm always posting content all the time. Um, I believe in a great uh, social media presence and self-promotion. So you will never, ever be able to find out what, uh, what Spencer Slade's not doing. You'll be able to see everything that I am doing. A friend of mine once said that if you don't promote yourself, nobody else will. Amen. And that's actually um, that's actually the other biggest piece of advice I tell these young guys is you have to promote yourself. I mean, you are your own brand. Um, the more pictures, highlights, matches, promos, uh, cool backstage videos, anything that you come up with. It's pro wrestling. Yeah, I treat it as a sport, but because it's considered uh, in the entertainment business, it's all about content. So you have to promote and share and create as much content as possible that's the only way that you build your name create your own buzz you gotta do your own promos because if of the way the things are now you don't have the weekly tv show like the territory days where you you would go to the studio and record about seven or eight promos or maybe 20 promos in a day in some companies exactly and you have no excuse not to do that like i have my tripod right here how easy, how hard is it to take your camera or your tripod, or if you have a, somebody at home, just shoot a quick promo of you cutting a promo. It's not that hard. Um, same thing with uh, watching wrestling. You got YouTube, you got Peacock, you got all the different streaming services. There's no way, there's no reason why you can't be watching as much wrestling as possible. It's all readily available out there for you. And one thing that I've noticed, too, is I'll, I'll give you one person that I like the promos that he does is Zach Ramsey's. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember if I've ever heard of that guy. Where, uh, where does he work? He's up in, he's in Delaware, but he works more up in New Jersey, New York, and maybe even further northeast. Um, he came down to to Delaware a couple months ago to, to either to DCW, I think. Okay. Well, he's out there hustling and, 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 and cutting promos and making a name for himself. I can respect that. He even did a five-part web series that wasn't wrestling related. It was kind of like a Jeff Hardy web series or Matt Hardy web series. And and he, he actually did a promo. He got into a promo war with somebody. And I sometimes on Twitter, I'll try to instigate – or X now, I'll try to instigate – wordplay between people that have a match coming up and I'll, I'll make a comment about something and it got to the point that 
he put the interaction with him and his wrestler for his upcoming match into his next promo video that he did and even showed my tweet my tweets and his tweets and the wrestler's tweets for it so <laughs> that's pretty cool that's a um i'm all for that if you can i'm all for guys and girls doing whatever they can um to uh create as much content as possible um i put this i i always give this i always give this um example to people it's like you know you could have one fan you can have a million followers or a thousand followers. There's still going to be somebody that's waiting for you to post something. They're thinking about what you're going to post. They're just waiting. They're on their fingertips. They're on Twitter or social media or Instagram. They're waiting for you because they're a fan of you to post something or some kind of content so they can see what you're up to. So why not give those people as many different things as possible? That's the whole idea of being a pro wrestler is to is, um to um, provide a service and content to your fans, which are your customers. Getting back into your style of wrestling, I just wanted to ask you how you interact and how your style works well. I mean, I've seen it in the ring, of course, and you work well together, but how does your jujitsu experience go along with Tim Spriggs' experience to work together as a team? That's a great question. So obviously people know that him and I are capital punishment. We're the reigning defending MCW tag team champions. And I feel like him and I mark my words. If it's not, if it's not this year, it's going to be early next year. Him and I are going to be signed somewhere. Um, I feel like there is nobody on the, um, there is nobody in pro wrestling um, that that has the uh, uniqueness or real legit backgrounds that we have. Obviously, you have established tag teams like FTR who are incredible or um, like the Creed Brothers down NXT. Those are two guys that we would love to uh, get signed and do something with. Um, you know, me, All-American athlete, Tim Spriggs, legit black belt and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, and a lot of people like to consider us as like the it's like the modern day uh, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, uh, Team Angle, which is it, it kind of kind of what we are. We're just two guys that take this business so seriously, and instead of doing a bunch of cool moves with your buddies on a trampoline, we just want to choke people out and apply our submission holes in the middle of a professional wrestling ring. Um, I'm more of the uh, I'm more of like the hard hitting striker. Where a submission guy, whereas Tim's more technical with his jiu-jitsu and his uh, and his uh, grappling abilities, and I think him and I make an incredible uh, uh, and and me, him and I make an incredible team because we just have such similar styles, and we can do we can do all the cool pro wrestling moves that all the little flippy guys do too. But once again, you don't see us do that because. What we're doing is so much better than what all these other guys are doing. So why not? Why stick with what we can do? You know. And tag team wrestling has been underappreciated for so many years, and has had a resurgence in some places lately. And I think that's a good thing because it, I think it makes a company complete if they have a really good tag team wrestling program. Absolutely, and obviously, you know, there's obviously, you know, I when it comes down to tag team wrestling, I like it when it's. Two tag teams having a tag team wrestling match. I don't like it when it's four guys going out there having four singles matches. Um, tag team wrestling is is something that you, you I mean you appreciate it back in the territory day. Tag team wrestling was was as good as, as good as it can ever get. Um, and uh, Tim and I, um, 
And what people don't realize, too, is it's not like Tim and I have been tag teaming for years. And him and I have had four matches together. We literally were formed in May of this year. So we won the MCW tag team titles from uh, Joe Keys and Dante. That was our third match together. Um, so this Friday will be our fifth match together. So we've already we've already shown incredible chemistry with one another uh, in, in session early time. And I think that just goes back to just having the same mindset and the same style. Okay, and I don't have any other questions. I just want to thank you for joining me today for this interview. And I want to mention for the purposes of calendar purpose reasons that you mentioned a match tomorrow that this is recording is taking place on October the 6th. I look forward to seeing you at MCW next week. And I'll also look forward to seeing you especially at MATW in Fairfax. That's a great venue. It's a great company. And I'm really glad that you're wrestling there because I think you're a good fit there from everything I've seen you at other places. Well, I really appreciate those kind words. Um, I'm obviously somebody that's, you know, very, very humble. And I love, um, I love doing interviews like this. So thank you so much for, uh, for having me on. Um, and I look forward to uh, look forward to seeing you at MCW. If I don't there, I'll be seeing you at uh, Mid Atlantic Wrestling. And uh, uh, either way, those are going to be two great promotions running two great shows. So I'm looking forward to both of them. Thank you. And now for our credits. I'm Jeff Quentin, and I'm the host. Our producer is Scott English. If you'd like to contribute to defray costs of this podcast and receive a mention as a producer in these credits, please contact us at dmvprowrestling at gmail.com. Our production assistant is Josie Quentin. Musical credits are provided in the notes for this episode. Thanks again for joining us, and be sure to visit dmvprowrestling.com every day for the latest pro wrestling news. Show! Yeah, yeah! Two tickets to the gun show!